Welcome to the Elijah Fire Podcast, where we jump into issues of today with faith and freedom instead of fear. And now here's your host, Jeff Tharp. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to Elijah Fire episode 82. We're closing in on 100, you guys. I'm excited. You know, it's just you get the big number like that. Uh, you know, maybe we'll do like a... I'm not even going to throw out ideas. I don't want to give people false hope about what's going to happen on episode 100. You're like, well, Jeff said there was going to be a full parade that was going to go behind him, and there isn't one, so I'm upset. <laughs> so um, my imagination goes crazy. I start saying things, get people's hopes up, all that kind of stuff. So uh, I kind of want to just jump into this. Um, my guest, uh, she uh, last time she appeared on our show was episode 29, and that was back in January, and I'm like, Wow, we need to have this guest back. It's been way too long. But she's also been really busy, uh, and she can talk a little bit about that. Uh, but she's an author, she is a speaker, and she is also the host of The Rachel Ham Show. Let's give it up for my guest today, Rachel Ham. Hi, Jeff. Thank you so much for having me back. Yeah, it's so awesome. It's been way too long. So I'm, you know, it's been a long time coming. I, 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 you know, it's like you get busy. You were definitely busy, but you yeah. get busy. You, you just all of a sudden you're like, oh, that was just like two months ago, right? You're like, wrong. That was that was January. So yeah, when you just said January. I was like, what? I, I know. April. Right. Yeah. Crazy. It feels like it was April, but it was definitely January. So, Rachel, what have you been up to? There's been a lot happening in your world. Yes, I have been super busy. But first, I want to say when I was on your show, I think you guys had 2000 subscribers on YouTube. Yeah, I just looked and I think you have like over 21,000. So yeah, it is congratulations nuts. on the growth. <laughs> Thank you. It's excited. nuts. Yeah, yeah. It's nuts. I'm excited for you. Yeah. That's great. Thank so you. anyway, just want to acknowledge that. That's awesome. Happy to yeah. see that that happening for you guys. Yeah. Um, okay. So yeah, I've been you know finishing up my campaign, running for Secretary of State, traveling all over the place, not just in California, but actually all over the country because I was part of a national coalition. So I have learned so much about what's happening with our government and mm. the political scene, and it's a little it's a little discouraging. There's some shenanigans, dare we say. <laughs> yeah. And I think probably the hardest part for me was seeing how corrupted the Republican Party was. Yeah. So I know like Trump talked a lot about that, right? He, he was the one to bring that term rhinos onto the scene and, and yeah. rhinos being Republicans in name only. And mm -hmm. so I really learned what that means. <laughs> and yeah. I really got to encounter a lot of those people. Yeah, you, that, I'm sure you got an inside, inside yeah. look at at exactly the gravity of that that situation yeah. yeah yeah which is really it's infiltrators so it's people who are a lot of them i would say are as far as as far left as communists and they have infiltrated the republican yeah. party and are saying they are republicans but again like jesus told us right like you'll be able to tell a tree by its fruit so mm -hmm. if we pay attention to what people are doing instead of what they're saying we can see who they really are and they showed us who they are and and We've got we've got a serious problem on our hands. I think that yeah. we've never needed a spiritual awakening and revival more mm -hmm. than now. You know, absolutely. So. And it, the amazing thing is that we're actually seeing that happen. You know, mm -hmm. I get a lot of like revivalists on my show, and it's like, I think that's the thing too is that, uh, that I always want to remind people of is like, yeah, on the one hand, like you have different people working on different fronts, and obviously for you, it was like the political arena for what a year plus. A year and a half, man. And it's um, like, yeah. so yeah, on the one hand, we see what God is doing. But on the other hand, we see people like you that are reminding people like, guys, we need like, <laughs> I scouted ahead. 
Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, we need, they need Jesus big time. So, yeah, um, you know, and I, I can only imagine the level of that. Um, you know, I think that there's a lot of, um, I would say pre 2020, and I've been seeing this pe- more and more people waking up to this, but you know how it's like, you can expose something and then people go, ah, and then they see, they hear the person that was exposed and said, no, I didn't do that. And then everyone goes, oh, they said they didn't do it. So I don't believe you anymore, even though you gave me all this proof, you know? Um, And I think that there's, there's been such a blind trust in so many different, you know, all the mountains of society, there's been this blind trust that they have our best interests in mind when now we're starting to see, no, they don't, you know? Um, yeah, no, they really, really don't. Yeah. Yeah. But the good news is, is that revival does tend to come out of dark times. Mm-hmm. And so I would say California is primed for, I mean, the whole country Ooh. is, but I'm in California yeah. and it just is a little worse in California than it, than it is anywhere else. Yeah. And so everywhere I went as I was campaigning, I would talk about election integrity because I was running for secretary of state, which is the chief elections officer. So I talk about that, but then I would preach for like half the time. Yeah. And I felt like I was seeing a, a revolution, an awakening, a revival, like beginning in each county I went to, you could just see the seeds like starting to sprout. And um, even like afterwards, I always had, had people come up and whisper in my ear, like, I'm a Democrat, but something's wrong. Like, I don't know, something's wrong. And so I came here, I'm voting for you. Um, I'm very concerned. Yeah, and you could see them like waking up to some things and, and everyone on it, every end of the spectrum needs to wake up. Not, I'm not just saying Democrats, you know, I think Republicans, I literally were my worst enemy in this process. Like I'm not hating on anyone, but, but to see people who were saying I have voted liberal my whole life. And I can tell you that that's changing for me because the the party's gone so far to the left that I I don't know what to do. Like, I don't want our state to be a transgender sanctuary. Like, you know, so, so, um, there was an awakening happening and I'm encouraged, even though there's a lot of bad news. I mean, it seems like every single day there's more bad news, but then there's also some good news happening with the Supreme court. And it's, it's just such an interesting time politically for sure. Yeah. Well, and I think, and I got to be careful how, how I word this, cause I don't want to get dethroned by the overlords. Um, right. But um, I, you know, I was, I think a lot of people were really surprised um, at even how Larry Elder was treated in the you know what kind of election back what was it last year or whatever between him and Newsom, um the the amount of racist comments that were said about a black a successful black man but he just so happened to be conservative like can you imagine can you imagine rachel if people said that about a an african-american candidate on the left if the right said can you imagine the outcry but no, suddenly no. because he's conservative, it's okay. It's just yeah. insane. Mm-hmm. It's insane. Well, I met several black candidate, conservative candidates in California as I campaigned. Like Errol Weber, I think is one. Yeah. Um, yeah. Siaka Massaqua, who's my mm-hmm. favorite one. We became good yeah. friends and he is a sweetheart, but the left hates him. Yeah. I mean, they hate him like passionately. They mm-hmm. do not want any black people to wake up to the, to the, the point that the left does not care about them the way they have sold them a bill of goods, right? Like they, yeah. they tried to act like they're the party that cares about them and they do not like they are lying and it's not true. Like conservatives are actually becoming the ones that are more tolerant. It's very weird. It's a very weird yeah. time. Like, there's such a shift in so many ways. Yeah. So I don't well, know. 
Yeah. And even seeing like, um, you know, there was a lot of good that came from, uh, you know, the, 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 what are the primaries or whatever it was in a lot of States where there's a lot of candidates. I know up in Michigan, there was a, a, a black conservative who's moving forward. There was in, um, in Texas, Myra Flores with like unseated a democratic position that had been that way for like a hundred years, hundred plus years or something like that. So, so we're seeing a lot of people wake up. Um, and so I, I just, uh, Rachel, I want to say something that, um, I woke up this morning and sometimes when I'm right between asleep and awake is sometimes where God gives me some of the most profound like things. And immediately when I was in that state, I was kind of like coming to the Lord really spoke to me about you. And I felt this just absolute excitement about, uh, he didn't exactly speak specifically. This is what's going to happen. But I just, he gave me this kind of glimpse of an impression of what's about to come in your life. Mm. Um, and it's very exciting. And I just feel like kind of like one of those, the best is yet to come kind of a things. And I know that, you know, you labored and toiled. There was a lot of, of, uh, you know, sleep, you know, lack of sleep, exhaustion, maybe yeah. depression, seeing the state um, of your state that you love and you care about. Um, yeah. But uh, there's opportunities that are just around the corner that are going to pre- present themselves that are very, very, very good for you. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I don't know, I'm excited to see it unfold. And wow. I, cause I know that God doesn't waste anything. Mm-hmm. And even if this was, I mean, obviously you knew, I love, I always loved your approach with, with running. You, you ran with conviction, you ran to win, but you also recognize that God told you to run. He didn't tell you what the outcome necessarily would be like, you're going to win and this is going to happen. And, and you would, you were always quick to correct people if they did say you're going to win because God yeah. told you to win you know, yeah. or told you to run. And, uh, but God, I know that those efforts, God doesn't waste anything. And uh, so I'm very, very, very excited to see what happens next for you. I think mm-hmm. the future is incredibly bright and um, just the selflessness uh, in which you ran and and especially the coalition of bringing together other secretary of state that were going to, that were running in different states. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's, that's something that's going to see a big payoff, I think, um, mm-hmm. in the future. So we just want to honor you so, and what you're doing. Jeff, that blesses me so much. Good. Thank you for saying that. Yeah. that- that's nice. It's it's encouraging because it has been a hard transition back from yeah. what I was doing back into regular life. Right. I've dealt with some discouragement, uh, not because of losing. Um, it, it's hard to even explain what I felt. Mm. I, I almost felt like I was experiencing culture shock mm. because I was going 150 miles an hour for a year and a half. And then it just came to a screeching halt. And I couldn't even remember how to live regular life. Like it was very weird. Um and so, and my son had done missions overseas. And when he came home, he dealt with reverse culture shock. And for several days, he like barely spoke. Yeah. He really like could not get his bearings. And that's how I felt mm-hmm. the first few days after the election. I was like, how do, where am I? Who am I? What do I do? What do I do again? Like, it was just a very weird, weird transition. And then, um, yeah, just kind of the enemy comes in with those lies and you start feeling like, well, I guess it's all over now. And I guess, yeah. it, you know, like. It's just nothing exciting now. Like they're just yeah. I don't know. There's all those little those little lies that oh that yeah. So yeah. I really appreciate the encouragement. Yeah, absolutely. And I just think that it's like you didn't you didn't fail. Yeah, it's like if you're looking at a specific outcome, you know, and if that was like what your focus was, maybe maybe you would, but but you didn't fail. And and so many people have been 
I know even for myself, like encouraged by your just tenacity and your not backing down from a fight um, just because, you know, I guess maybe like the woke mob comes at you or, you know, you get criticized, but yeah, you were being called all kinds of stuff and yet you still held fast to what you knew the Lord called you to do. And that's, I think it's an inspiration to, I know everybody is probably gonna be like, yeah, that's uh, definitely. So thank um, you. Yeah. Well, I heard a sermon a while ago, like years ago that really totally changed my life. And it was called living for an audience of one. Mm. And, um, I was going through a hard time of rejection during that, that time that I heard that where some people very close to me were rejecting me and it was so painful. And so I, I heard this sermon and I, I started asking myself perpetually when I would feel any kind of feelings of rejection, um, is the Lord pleased? Or I think the Lord, it kind of was like the Lord asked me, like, am I pleased? Am I pleased? Do you have my approval? And if the answer was yes, that as best I could tell, I was doing the things I was called to do and was being obedient and, you know, living the life I was supposed to be living, then that's all that mattered. Like I was living for, for that approval of one, just God alone. And I really trained my brain in that season or the Lord trained my brain in partnership with me of, of asking that question on an ongoing basis to keep the focus and to keep me just centralized on the fact that it doesn't matter if you approve, it doesn't matter if you approve, it matters if mm -hmm. he approves, yeah. that's it. And if I have that to actually like bask in the joy of that, that situation of the Lord being pleased with me and that anyone else, they could be pleased, they could love you, they could hate you, doesn't matter. And it doesn't, it doesn't matter either way. So if someone's loving you, also like don't get too excited about that like yeah. you know that that's fickle that can change yeah. well and i think the lord yeah. pleased and i think that you know even that um yeah i i'm trying to, there's like three things i want to say so i'm trying to figure out what, <laughs> what i want to say they all came all at once um but yeah i um i think even the, within the church that can be a, a challenge too because so often we go uh, we look at external things. Oh, you're supporting this group. You're not supporting that group. Oh, you're doing this. You're doing that. Oh, uh, and um, the recognition that conviction is a very important thing. So you may be convicted about something. I might, might not be convicted about supporting or not supporting something or doing this or not doing that. But um, that doesn't make you more holy than me or me more holy than you, depending on those external things we're choosing not to be a part of. What's important is the fruit. What's important is our pursuit of the Lord and our character. And I think that, um, yeah, I, I, and that goes, that applies to every avenue of society too. I think that not assimilating, that's what we're experiencing right now in our culture is this assimilation to one, one uh, type of thinking, one mode of thinking, one mode of action. Um, and it's, uh, I mean, it doesn't get more dystopian than that you know, and yet the lie is that it's not dystopian. Right. Um, so yeah, it's, yeah. uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think that you can think you're supposed to do X, Y, Z, and I think I'm supposed to do ABC and, um, they seem to be in contradiction in some way. And we're both right. Right. And I think that's because God has a bigger picture that we don't know or understand. And it's complicated. Like, I think we want to simple, simplify everything, right? Like, like I've been warned a lot about people that I've worked with in this political process. They're like, oh, they're bad. I'm like, you don't, 
they're not bad. They're not all bad. They're not all good either. Yeah. It's complicated. They've yeah. recently become a Christian. They're in the transformation process. They're basically a baby Christian, even though they're in their 60s. Yeah. How about have some grace for them and stop yeah. trying to make it so black and white? They're good yeah. or bad, you know, or yeah. you're right or wrong. It's like, yeah, it's complicated. Right? Yeah. And I think especially with this movement that God is, is you know, doing across in our country, but across the world is, is we're seeing a lot of people come in who have influence, but are being their relationship with is either being rekindled with the Lord or kindled for the first time. And, um, but they still have influence and they're still in, you know, leading a charge of something. And I think that there's this, um, this burden that we put on people. I know people have done this with general Flynn. Um, I know people have even done this with Mike Lindell, um, and other people is like, those they are need the two to... people that I'm talking about that I get. Oh, more they are. Okay. Um, exactly, there we go. Yeah. Like, yeah. Holy Spirit. Like relatively new Christians. Yeah. yeah. So I, I just think that there's this, there's this burden we put on people where we go all of a sudden we, we heap all of this culture of Christianity. That's culture. Some of it is culture. It's not actually like doctrine and that's going to maybe upset a couple of people, but, um, and I'm not going to get into what those things are, but I just, we, we immediately keep, okay, now you have to do this. Now you can't do this. Now you can't do that. Now you can, I'm like, man, it's a process. Some things that I thought were okay. When I first became a Christian, I don't feel like are for me anymore. And then there's some things that were gone for a season and are back, you know? And so it's, I just think that rejoicing that people have given their lives to the Lord, that they're actively pursuing the Lord. That's exciting. That's, that to me is exciting. And that's going to increase and increase and increase. And I think that um, I just, yeah, I, 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 I'm, I'm less, less concerned about that kind of stuff and more excited that praise God, Mike Lindell is pursuing the Lord. Praise God that, that general Flynn is pursuing the Lord. Like those yeah. are, that's, that's exciting. That's the thing we should rejoice about. Yeah. Um, and pray for people for crying out loud, like pray for if If you see something, pray for them. Don't like send them hate mail or send Rachel hate mail or or even me for, for, for having somebody on or, um, you know, talking in a positive light about somebody. I think that it's something that we should be rejoicing about. Definitely. Did you watch my video from last week? Cause you're like saying exactly. Oh, really? Well, I, I like, did. I did. Oh, yes. <laughs> okay. Yes, so I'm saying the same thing, right? Like, yeah. With your son, the one with your son. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Cause I got so tired and I know people mean well, like they're trying to warn you or protect you in some way and i think that sometimes there's good intentions in it sometimes not but yeah. um but we just want to throw the baby out with the bath water and i just don't think it's that simple yeah and then it's like i think it's worth disclaiming that like i mean we rachel and i both love our viewers you know it's not like and i know it, like we know that people have good intentions it's not like i i've never been like ah oh, i cursed you and i you know most of the time when i see something that maybe is like that could have been left unsaid. I just bless them. I'm like, God, I just bless them. Like, you know, I thank you for their heart. I thank you that they care. And, and some stuff I do heed and I'm sure maybe you have too. if there's something yeah, that you're I like, have. Oh, I didn't, I didn't even know about that. Okay, cool. You know, I definitely do. Um, yeah. You know, I so too. it's not, yeah. Uh, sometimes the yeah. Holy Spirit will kind of highlight like, yeah, this person's telling you the truth and this is, yeah. And sometimes it's other. even been like, uh, sometimes it's even been like, um, even though, you know, what they were saying was, you know, was maybe done in the wrong spirit. This nugget is something you can take away, you know? Yeah. Um, you know, so yeah, it's, you know, it's a it definitely a whole different ball of wax being 
in in the front versus not being seen. So help Elijah Fire continue to make an impact around the world. All donations go toward making Elijah Fire and the Elijah Fire podcast possible. Visit ElijahFire.com slash donate and become a partner today. Well, anyway, um, so talking about this kind of black and white thinking, I think this applies to something else that, that we were going to talk about today, which is prophecy where people are like black and white like like if i know people who have thrown prophecy out and don't acknowledge that it exists at all and they are cessationists because they've had a bad experience with it or because someone gave them a prophetic word and it wasn't true and or that happened even repetitively so they think it's not right you know it's it's Mm -hmm. gone so it's like it's it's that extreme and then there's this other extreme that i've been seeing that has been very concerning to me and i love the prophetic i have always loved the prophetic because I grew up in a church that didn't acknowledge the prophetic. Mm-hmm. I had a prophetic gift. So that was a very painful place to me because it, it felt like my gift was rejected. Sure. And um, so I'm passionate about the prophetic and always have been because I feel like it, when it's truly of the Lord, it's one of the most life-giving, awesome gifts that is just mm-hmm. such a blessing and so edifying um, or exhorting or whatever it, it is. But But I've seen something happening lately where I feel like people have gone to the other extreme. So there's those throwing it out altogether. And then the other extreme is people are like worshiping mm. the prophetic. Yeah. And like, so what yeah. do you mean by, what do you mean by worshiping? Let's get into this. Yeah. So I think that there are people who are literally putting the prophets in the place of God. Mm. They are worshiping pro- like the prophetic and, and the prophets both. Um, and they're obsessively pursuing the next prophetic word as if it is manna from heaven in a way that is not, it's not healthy. And I don't know, I, I feel like also, I've, and I've, I've talked to people who have said, oh, I just don't know, you know, what, what God is saying right now. And, you know, I, I don't hear from the Lord. I get my words from, I get my info from these people. And I thought, oof, like, we got to be yeah. careful because God does want to direct each of our lives individually. And, yeah. and I think we each need to be pursuing the Lord directly and and i know that some people really struggle with feeling like they can't hear from god they don't know what that means they don't know if they have ever heard from god and and i think that there's certainly information out there about how to hear from god Mm -hmm. and i would encourage people if you feel like you don't hear directly from god yourself to pursue that and and to learn about that one of the main ways is stay in the word as you read the word then often god will speak to you through the word or um you know, just keeping your mind clean and clear and, and keeping your, your receptors uh, pure to hear, to hear from God. And so there's, those are a, a lot that can be said about that. But sure. my point being that I just think that it's gone to a little bit of an unhealthy place where people are living for the next prophetic word mm-hmm. instead of living for God. Mm. <laughs> and it's, it's concerning. I'm a little yeah. concerned. Yeah. I think uh, too, when you seek God and you start hearing things for yourself, when you hear a prophetic word, this happens to me a lot. When I hear a prophetic word from a prophet, it's confirmation. It, I, I'm mm-hmm. like, dude, I heard the exact same thing. Yeah. Like it fires you up and it makes you want to seek the Lord even more. It's, mm-hmm. it's actually a really exciting thing. And I think that there's, there's, there are some people that they're more, uh, they're always chasing the next word, even for themselves. So like, do you have a word for me? Do you have a word for me? Do you have a word for me? And at that point, I, I would I would argue that they might be more addicted to the dopamine hit that comes from receiving a prophetic word, even if it's accurate. Um, right. 
than they are actually walking that out. I'm like, well, what did you do with the last prophetic word that you received? Like, that's really important because there's seasons that I've gone through where I had a word to 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 hold on to until war with as it says in timothy war with the prophecies made over you you know like what i, I had one word to war over for like a couple of years and i think that um always chasing the next word uh for every situation you're in uh, i'd be more apt if somebody came up to me to ask me to give them a word to go well what has the lord shown you about this what if what what has he shown you about this because he is speaking He's speaking to you, Rachel. He's speaking to me. He's speaking to Johnny so-and-so watching this and, and, you know, everybody else. And I think that it's so important to chase him, to seek him. And, you know, that's and the all these things thing. will be added to you. Right. It's almost like that's in the Bible, Rachel. <laughs> almost. Almost like it. And like I said, I love the prophetic. I don't want to throw yeah. either baby out with the bathwater. You know, I don't want to go to either extreme. I just think that we need to stay healthy in in pursuing God and then also, you know, listening to the prophets, testing the prophets, mm -hmm. and testing the spirit. I think that's really important. There's a prophet, a prophetess right now who's really popular. And some of the people that I work with in the intel world said she works with the CIA. Mm -hmm. She flat out is employed by the CIA and like people do not know that. And she's getting info from God that is manipulative from the cia like it's like nuts like some of the stuff i found out with uh intel and political stuff is you can't even wrap your brain around it and that was yeah. one of them because i who would who would have ever thought well now if we're testing the words if we're pursuing the lord if we're full of the holy spirit then when when that prophetess gives words something in you kind of goes something's not right mm. you know it, you because the holy spirit gives that check right and so we're supposed to test words and we're supposed to assess if something really is from God or not. And so you can't be taking words from prophets as, as you know, the words from God without, without really checking with the Holy spirit and making sure that, that you're, I don't know, just that you're testing it and yeah. being careful. Well, and maybe, and I wasn't prepared really to go to this place, but I, let's just see where it goes is, what what do you do say you say you um say somebody gives a prophecy and um and you test it and you go i just don't i don't feel like that's uh that's for me and then you, but you see say three quarters of the people that heard it are going yes mm, yeah right. absolutely what do you what do you do with, with that if you're one of the i guess the odd man out where all of a sudden you you hear something and you're like i just don't feel like i'm supposed to heed that word well, this is interesting. I think that the truth is usually with the minority of people. Hmm. So um, I think if it's you and a handful of others feeling concerned or whatever, probably you're right. Hmm. I, I hate to say that, but like the masses, there's kind of like the, you know, the mass formation psychosis thing or whatever um, that people have talked about with the political world, but it's yeah. true with this too, right? Like that just because the majority of people think something is right does not mean that it is. And yeah. again, that's where that individual, first of all, living for the audience of one, right? Like it doesn't matter if 90 other people say it's good. If the Holy spirit in you is saying it's not good, mm -hmm. okay, you know, you got to trust that. And I, it's complicated, right? Like we, we want confirmation and we want others to affirm what we think we're hearing because yeah. we doubt, and, you know, I get that, that it's, it's a little bit messy mm -hmm. and not so straightforward, 
like we want it to be. But I think that just because, because like, like I was saying with this prophetess, you know, thousands of people are, oh my gosh, amazing, amazing. But then like, there are some that are like, something's not right. Hmm. And, and, you know, I had already gotten information before I started hearing, I got actual, actual information, not just sensing something, you know, but I had been sensing something and then got that information and then started hearing from just a handful of others of, Hey, do you think this is right? Cause it sounds so good, but like something feels wrong. I'm like, okay, praise God. Like that's the Holy spirit in you giving you that check, even though they didn't have that concrete info that I had that this, they had the spirit and the Holy spirit was yeah. alerting them that something wasn't right. Mm. But the majority of people appear to adore the person. Yeah. So you can't, you can't base it on what the majority's thinking. Mm. Yeah. That's good. That's really good. Um, so let's talk about, well, I don't, I don't know. I kind of want to, I don't want to, I'm trying to find a good segue, but you know what? Let's just flow. Let's flow, Rachel. Okay. Um, let's kind of go back to your experience with, um, with running for office. And uh, let's talk about unmet expectations. Yeah. What do we do with something uh, that doesn't go the way that we expected? Because that happens a lot in our lives. Yeah. And it goes like sometimes with prophetic words, right? Like you receive a word and then you get it in your mind of how that's going to go. Yeah. And then you walk it out and you're like, wow. That's not at all what I was expecting. Mm-hmm. That happens. That's happened to me a lot with, with prophetic words where I get mm-hmm. a word and I think I know what that means. And then it plays out and it played out how the word was given, but it didn't play out the way I interpreted the word. So it just often the interpretation can get a little mixed up, right? Mm-hmm. Of what we assume. It's those assumptions. But yeah, I think that, that, you know, sometimes we have to have faith to do something we're called to do. Like for me to, to be called to run for secretary of state took almost like every ounce of faith I had. Like it was one of the scariest steps that I had ever taken. It was so big. It felt so beyond me. I had never done anything political like that at all. And so I literally didn't even know what the first little baby step was towards running. I had no clue. And so Every ounce of faith I had, I, you know, I, I, I used to go through that process, but then now on the other end of it, it requires just as much faith to trust the outcome Mm. and to trust that, okay, I did as best I can tell, right? Like no, no one is perfectly walking things out, but as best I can tell, I obeyed what the Lord told me to do. The outcome is that I believe actually that it was fraudulent, but that's a whole other story. Um, So, so I am seeing that the outcome is that I am not going to be the secretary of state. And then now I'm left to use the faith that I have to accept the reality, the end result, and, and still believe that, no, this is what God told me to do. Mm-hmm. Whether the outcome is what we want it to be, think it's going to be whatever, um, who knows? Who knows why? Well, God knows only, but you know, God knows why he asked me to run mm-hmm. and he knows what he was accomplishing through me in the process. Absolutely. And he knew, he knew how it was going to end quite obviously he knew how it was going to end. And he actually told my husband how it was going to end a few days beforehand. He said, um, Hey, Rach, I, they're going to totally steal this and you're not going to become secretary of state. And we need to like grieve and accept that right now. So let's, like, so we, so we did that. Like we began like three days before the, the election. Um, actually like cried almost the whole day. And mm. it was interesting because I felt like I was grieving what that meant for California. Yeah. You know, yeah. like it, 
I never wanted to be secretary of state. So it was never about that being something that I wanted. Um, but I grieved. I, I said, I felt like Moses, you know, that, that I was somehow going to be free, but my people weren't. Yeah. And that hard times were ahead for California. If we don't have honest elections, if we don't have godly people in leadership, it's not going to be good. So I grieved that process. But a lot of other people, I was concerned about their faith because like you said, people said, oh, if God asked you to run, then you'll win. And I was like, no, that is not true. Like he did not say you're going to win. If he yeah. would have told me I, I was going to win, I would have been believing that, okay, I'm running and I'm going to win. And that's what mm -hmm. God said. And I would have you know, really held to that tightly. Uh, I ran to win, but I did the whole time. No, God never told me I'm going to win. So I don't know how this ends. Yeah. And, yeah. yeah. I just feel like, you know, even with that, there's, there's always something more. Um, I think it's so important to not just be focused on what we can see in the physical. I think that, you know, again, going back to like you running and, and knowing that, you were holding on to what God said, not what you wanted to be true. And even then maybe, you know, I mean, I don't know if it was ever a conflicting thing for you, even like in, in what happened and you going, maybe you felt a small measure of relief knowing that you're, you're not under this much pressure anymore. I don't know, but largely it was you looking at, you know, what's at stake for California as a result of, someone like you not being in that position. Yeah. Um, yeah, that is what I felt exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Cause sometimes it's hard. It's hard not to, it takes discipline, self-control, uh, spiritual maturity to not inject what we want, a, a desired outcome into what God has spoken to us. And I think that takes a, that, that can take a long time for some people to really get out of that mode of like, God told me to run. Oh, that means I'm going to win. That means I'm going to, you know what I mean? Like, right. I think, I think it can take a lot of self-control and maturity to not get yourself into that place of like, God told me I'm going to win or I'm going to run. I'm to run ergo. I'm going to win because I'm a believer and I stand for truth and I stand for sometimes things don't go our way. And I mm -hmm. think that that can be a really, really hard thing and it's okay to cry, right? It's mm -hmm. okay. To, right. Yeah, to grieve, dis disappointment yeah. or whatever. Yeah. But I think that we do just have to have the faith to live in mystery, mm. right? Like the That's mystery good. of God's plan being something that we don't totally understand right now, can't see all the pieces, don't know exactly why, and, and to live in a place of acceptance right in the middle of total mystery, mm. of not having the answers that we that we desire and still just trusting, mm -hmm. trusting yeah. that, that God knows and mm -hmm. continue to just pursue. Okay, Lord. So what are you telling me right now? And, mm -hmm. and doing that thing and then trusting those results. So I think mystery is a big part of the, the Christian walk. Mm -hmm. And sometimes when there's a lot of unanswered questions, like when people have like a child die or something, sure. you know, it's like, why, why, why? And you don't get those answers to be able to stay in the place of mystery and still trust, mm -hmm. I think is an important, an important mature element of our walk. And, and it's important to know that sometimes we don't get the answers. I think sometimes we don't get the answers till we're in heaven. I have yeah. several things right now that I have big question marks on, you know, like I'd really like to know the answer to that, but yeah. I'm starting to think maybe it will be heaven when I get the answers. Yeah. 
And then, of course, there are some times where you do. I mean, I think which I, I really, really believe uh, that I heard correctly on this in regards to even just, you know, you running for for secretary of state, it not going in your favor, at least that we can see. And I don't even I, I'm even hesitant to say that, that it didn't go in your favor, because God, we do know that God works all things together for those who are in Christ Jesus, which sounds fluffy. You know, it sounds like, oh, that's nice. You know, but then when you get into a situation where, I mean, we're talking, you grieved over, uh, over, over the loss, you know, knowing what was at stake, even for your state that mm-hmm. you obviously love and care about. But, yeah. but I, I'm even hesitant to say that it didn't go in your favor because I caught a glimpse of what's next for you. And I'm like, there's no way you could, I always, I always go back to like, even Sean Foyt, right? Like he ran for Congress. It was a real low for him after he lost. But it, he now looks back and goes, if I hadn't run, mm-hmm. what I'm doing now wouldn't have been possible. Yeah. And what he's doing now is is far more, I would say, I mean, not maybe it's unfair to say far more important, but it's he's in where he's supposed to be. Yep. And I think that that's what God does in all of our lives. So long as we continue to pursue him, not be like, oh, well, that's it. God's not good because, yeah, my kid, my, my child died, but it doesn't change the fact that he's good. It doesn't change the fact that God is good and that he's just mm-hmm. um, and that he cares about us. Uh, even if something doesn't on the surface, doesn't go the way we'd hoped it would. Um, yep. Yeah. Yeah. I think it was so encouraging to see what happened with Sean mm. because I felt like he was, he was really th- thinking he was going to win though. Like he, he and I were a little mm. different in that. Like he was yeah. really shocked when he didn't win. Yeah. Um, but it was so clear and, and remains so clear to me that it was, it went exactly how it was supposed to go for him. Mm-hmm. And don't you love that? That I love that scripture that you just quoted that God uses all things for the good of those who love him and are called mm-hmm. according to his purpose, because I just have seen that over and over in my life. What looks like a disaster gets turned into one of the best things that ever happened to me. And only a God can do that. Like, and mm-hmm. he does it over and over where we see pain redeemed and used for good. So over good. and over. And as we pursue the Lord and as we love him, I just think that he just is so sweet to us. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know. I posted on July 7th, I posted a video about something that had happened to me where after the election, if you're feeling discouraged, I would encourage you to watch it, but um, we'll put a link in the description, everybody. Okay. Um, yeah. After the election, I, I really was under attack with this. There was a couple of days in a row where it was intense. Like like, I mean, the thoughts that were coming into my, my head were so dark and so heavy and where I was just like, life is like, like, it's too painful. It's too hard. I, you know, I don't see anything good. I, I felt really hopeless and, and I'm a very hopeful, faithful person. So, Mm -hmm. you know, that, that's a big, that's a big, um, departure from how you normally are. Yeah. Like I was like far out of my lane, you know, to feel so heavy and so dark. And, um, and I mean, I, I just like, I didn't want to be around anyone. I wanted to sit in a dark room. Like it was like, oof, it was not good. So I, I know it sounds kind of funny, but I was praying for John Mayer. <laughs> I pray for like, I worked with famous people before I did this. And I, I just have a heart for especially artists. Yeah. And so I was praying for John Mayer and I was like, Lord, he doesn't know you. And, and he had done this thing with Keith Urban where 
they were they did like a crossroads where they would sing one of his songs and one of his songs back and forth and in that he talked about how he hoped that he could get to the place that keith was in because it looked like keith had found the light and he had not found the light hmm. and it's in it was interesting because i don't know that keith has really found the light either but but by john's perception was that keith had found something that had satisfied his soul and he knew he had not found it Wow. Thanks for listening. The Elijah Fire podcast is made possible by donations like yours. To become a partner, visit ElijahFire.com slash donate. And it just, my heart just kind of ached for him. Mm -hmm. And so for whatever reason, that had come into my mind and I was praying for him. I'm like, Lord, John clearly is craving. Like he said, you know, that song, something's missing where he keeps saying something's missing. Like, I don't know what it is. I've got this, I've got this, I've got this, I've got this, but still something's missing. And and so I was praying about that. Like he says all these things, show yourself to him, show yourself to him. He's looking for you, like set up the circumstances in his life for him to find you and Mm. put people in his life. And I started just kind of praying all this. And as of, after I'm done praying, I'm like, who am I kidding? I need you to do that for me. Like, Mm -hmm. Show yourself to me. Yeah. I am so feeling so down, so depressed. Um, I need to see you. Like, mm-hmm. can you just give me a sign that mm-hmm. you even still, like you see me, that you see the pain I'm in? Mm-hmm. And within one hour of praying that prayer, I had eight different things happen with God showing me mm-hmm. that he was seeing me. And, I I, and I, I'm not going to go into all of them now. It's in that video. Yeah, you but can watch the video. Amazing. Where I was just like, I mean, by the several things in that he had done and within that hour, I just was crying and the heaviness had completely lifted off because it was like, God make it, made it so clear. And so I just think that, that, you know, he says, call to me and I will answer you and I will show you great and great things, you know, things that you don't know. And so I think that it's important in those moments of questioning and mystery and heaviness and all that to cry out to the Lord, ask him for what you need, ask him to show you himself, you know, to show you that he's with you and give you signs. And, and I believe that he wants to answer us. So mm-hmm. I don't remember why I went into all that. Or <laughs> I don't know. We were just, we're, we're jamming in the spirit, Rachel. We're just, yeah. we're just going for it. Yeah. And I think yeah. too, at the end of the day, you know, whether it's disappointment in this or that, or, or uh, good, I think good things are happening to you you know, bad things are happening to you. The, the scent, the, at the core of who we are is, is uh, we're meant to be in communion with the father. We're meant to be in his presence. And I think that um, seeking him, no matter where we are, is the correct answer, not running away. Something that I tell, I've told a lot of young people is like, man, when you got doubts, when you're struggling, when you're upset, when your pastor cheats on his, his, his wife at your church, like the solution is not to be like, oh, that's it. I'm just going to run away. I have, I have a question and, you know, uh, and I have a lot of doubts. I'm going to run away from the Lord. The solution is to actually run to his presence. So it's like, great. Yeah. You sinned run to his presence. Oh, great. Mm-hmm. You have a question run to his presence. You're feeling overjoyed run to his presence. Like the solution yeah. is always found in communion with him. And, and, mm-hmm. you know, when I was younger, I always thought there was like all these different answers for mm-hmm. all these different and a lot of times even if we don't have the answers the solution is always well i know that i can always run to scripture says we can approach the throne boldly and i think that 
it's really important to remember that that any at any state point in our life and like that's what you did you know it's just like god i need something i i i need some reminder of 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 who i am and and that wasn't through you being like well i'm depressed i'm gonna go do all these crazy things now uh, because i'm depressed it was presence it was Mm-hmm. going back to the throne. And I think that is so important. And I don't feel like I can emphasize that enough. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yep. And God wants us to to do that. And he's so accepting and loving. And like when you said, if you sin, run back to, you know, we, our tendency is shame when we don't want to. Mm-hmm. And it's amazing to me how when I'll, I'll confess a sin, how the main immediate thing I feel is love, acceptance, grace, mm-hmm. safety, and then just like this um, clear conscience and, and this peace that comes from that clear conscience of knowing that you confessed and, and are giving it to the Lord. It's, it's just the best, mm. the privilege. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I mean, I, I feel like you have some authority to speak into this right now, but uh, I know there's some people that are, that are very discouraged with, a lot right now. Um, and I know maybe you're still walking some of this out, but mm-hmm. what would you say to those people? Well, so it's interesting. Yesterday I was talking with my husband and my son, and we were talking about what happened with the Georgia Guidestones, yeah. which um, I, I think that happening, that destruction of those Guidestones is a symbol of the new world order being destroyed. Come on. And I had been feeling fairly hopeless, especially in in California, where it seems like every day our governor or our legislature is passing something new that's more evil than the thing they did the Mm -hmm. day before. And um, so I had been feeling kind of hopeless. And my husband and my son are like um, maybe more like realists leaning towards pessimists a little. And I'm more like a realist way towards the optimist side, right? (laughs) So, so. I tend to be the one thinking everything's great and going to be great. And I haven't been feeling that way. I've been feeling like I'm so discouraged, battling Mm -hmm. discouragement, having to kind of get out of that, you know, work with myself, really having to spend extra time with the Lord to just Mm -hmm. be okay. Um, And so I had told them yesterday, I'm so discouraged and I don't know, I just feel like California, blah, blah, blah. And I was kind of like expressing some of that discouragement. And my son said, mom, I, I feel like you're so wrong. Like I'm so encouraged for California and for the country. And I'm like, what? Who are you? Yeah. <laughs> like, what? How and why? And he's like, I don't know totally other than I can just so sense that darkness is overplaying its hand mm-hmm. so severely and that God is allowing it to happen to set the stage for him to do something amazing. Oh my gosh. I feel like I could cry. Mm. Uh, Cause the Holy spirit was just so strong on that when he was saying it mm-hmm. and uh, he's 21 wise beyond his years, you know? And I just think when he said it, like, I was like, that's the truth. Mm-hmm. Like, that is the truth. And I received like a joy from that. And shortly after that, we had found out about what had happened with the Georgia Guidestones. I had known that first one had, had been hit, but I didn't know that they destroyed all of them. Oh, yeah. And I just felt like the Lord was like, I am showing you through that what I am doing. I am destroying their plans. And the, the new world order was really spelled out on those, on those stones. Like, this is what we intend to do. I mean, it was an evil declaration 
straight from the pit of hell. I don't know how much people know about that, but it was. Nuts. Oh, it was awful. Like advocating population control and mm-hmm. just crazy, demonic, bogus stuff. Yeah. And so, I mean, think about that. Like that, that is the enemy's declaration of here's what I plan to do. And God's like. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it was even a mockery of the Ten Commandments too. Yeah. So there were 10, 10 tenants or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but the thing that I noticed with that, because once Roe v. Wade happened, the overturning of Roe v. Wade, I mean, obviously there's still a lot of work to be done in states. Uh, contrary to what people are saying on the news, ado- or adoption, I wish, uh, abortion is is uh, still very much around and, uh, you know, but it's on a state level. Uh, but but uh, a major principality got dethroned as a result of that getting overturned. And obviously we're seeing a lot of backlash from hell right now, but mm-hmm. um, I, I saw, it was almost like this, this row of dominoes. I saw once I saw the, that, that get overturned Roe v. Wade, it was almost like I saw this, this uh, thing of dominoes. And what's interesting is that the guidestones look like dominoes, you know, they're like they're tall, you know? And so it was like, I'm like that we're going to keep seeing things like that happen. I, I said, people don't realize how good things are going to get mm-hmm. in this country. Even the people that are advocating for Roe v. Wade still, they have no idea how good things are about to get. And I, I think um, that's going to happen across the board. And the more that people try to lean in and hold on to these old ways of like, no, we're going to be like Gavin Newsom, mm-hmm. uh, um, you know, being like, this is going to be a sanctuary uh, state. This is going to be, we're going to pay, for, we're going to use taxpayer dollars and we're going to pay for abortions. The more people hold on to these things, it's not going to end well for these people. Um, and uh, yeah, and that's not, I, I really do feel like, even with like California, there's uh, kind of a, just like how the the Israelites were in the land of Goshen during the plagues, like I do feel like there shouldn't be any kind of measure of fear with believers in California if their leadership is doing these crazy things because the leadership in Egypt were doing crazy things, but God protected his people. And I think that's something that's really important for people to hold on to. I mean, I was just reading through Romans today. And a verse that really stood out to me is the spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the spirit received is brought about your adoption to sonship. Um, and that word sonship is is what like in Roman culture was like an heir, like like we're heirs, you know. And so knowing our authority, knowing our place within the kingdom, I think is really important. But yeah, so. And using it, knowing our authority and using our authority. I, I had a really weird experience where my family was out eating dinner at an outdoor restaurant and this person went walking by the patio and it was at night, but he had his sunglasses on and he just like, you could just feel like someone was real weird about him besides wearing sunglasses at night. <laughs> and uh, as he walked by, I heard him and he was releasing curses out over all the people. Wow. And it just stunned me. Like I was like, whoa, like he was like saying it, like he was saying it softly I was just so close to him as he walked by the rail, I could hear just a little snippet. And I thought, you know, darkness is using their authority. (laughs) They are, and you know, I don't know if you know that like when I was younger, I had connections in the satanic world Mm -hmm. and they are very aware of their authority and Mm -hmm. they 
use it. And we have to be using it. We have to know our authority. We have to know that, first of all, our authority because of Jesus trumps their authority. So Mm -hmm. if we use our authority, we automatically win. Yeah. The blood covenant of Christ supersedes the blood covenants that they make. That's right. Every single time. But we have to actually use it. So like when, when he did that, we actually in that area of town have seen it twice, which is really weird. Someone speaking curses. It's a main place that people go. And there's, it's, there's a lot of crowds and stuff like that. So um, it was very convicting seeing that. Like mm-hmm. I now, when I go places, I'll say, I release the anointing of God into this atmosphere. I release the power of Jesus over these people. Like I just say it. And even like sometimes when I walk into a restaurant, I'll like put my hand on the door and be like, I take authority over this establishment in the name of Jesus mm-hmm. and bless every person in it because blessing is stronger than cursing. And if they're releasing those curses, like we, we have to counteract that. We have to preferably even be proactive, be the ones that they're trying to counteract, but it doesn't work. Right. Yeah. So I think it's important for people to know that, that, Mm -hmm. that the evil community is using their authority. And so we've got to know who we are, what our authority is, and then be using it because it actually matters. Mm -hmm. It makes a difference. You know, my youngest son's a seer. So we'll, we'll, we'll see, he'll see the difference, like Mm -hmm. see enemy activity, us, you know, use our authority and see it shift. Mm. And when we don't have that advantage of seeing the spirit, sometimes everything's by faith. We believe that we're our, you know, our authority is making a difference, but we don't always see immediately a result. But sometimes we get the the privilege of seeing an immediate result. Mm-hmm. And it's amazing. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. So be aware of that. Everyone go out and use your speak blessings over your city, blessings over the people bind the plans of the enemy, loose the plans of God. Yeah, that's good. And so good. We can have an impact by doing that. Yeah. So something I want to, I just saw a note in the private chat from my producer, and it was back when we were talking about testing prophetic words. So I kind of want to go back to that mm-hmm. really quick. Do you have any, what's your process in testing prophetic words? Because we talked about testing prophetic words. It's important mm-hmm. when you get a, a word to test it. Do, are, are there any, is there any steps you follow or is it just sort of in the moment, like just using discernment? What's that process like for you? Yeah. First of all, discernment is very important. That's something that I think that I lacked and asked for and have gotten more. And so I want to encourage everybody to ask for discernment because right now there's so much deception and and we know that deception is only going to increase. And so I think it's very important to ask God for discernment and and then to not ignore it like when you get those subtle gut feelings you know to know that the holy spirit is speaking or giving you discernment about something and don't don't disregard it because when you disregard it it goes away and the more you listen to it the stronger it gets and the the more you'll get it so um so discernment is a main way but also the god's word like when someone is giving a word you have to be watching for it to never contradict scripture right that's kind of the I think first foundational piece. Also, I think that it should feel confirming. So the spirit, and like you mentioned, you know, right, that when someone gives a word, you're like, yes, that's what I had heard too, right? So, mm-hmm. so it's confirming what you already heard. But even if it's not what you'd already heard, it can can your spirit feels confirmed. So uh, it's so it's so hard to explain, right? Like I hate yeah. I hate this kind of stuff because I'm such a practical person, and yeah. I. I remember when I was learning this stuff, craving very practical tips. And sometimes it's a little not so step-by-step black and white, but, um, but when the Holy Spirit is living in you and a prophetic word is given, 
it's almost like something in you leaps. Like you feel like, yes, Mm -hmm. that's the Lord. Or you just feel like nothing. Like it's kind of like a, hmm. (laughs) (laughs) And I I know, again, that's an esoteric way of explaining that. But yeah, yeah, it's it's like the spirit in you agrees or the spirit in, in, in you, you feel nothing or you feel no. Like, a, yeah. uh, like something, something's not quite right about that yeah. or even more complicated. And this is how it usually is. It's mixed. Mm, yeah. Some of what they say your spirit agrees with. And some you're like, mm, I don't know. And then some you're like, no, yeah, because we're humans. And mm-hmm. it's again, that messy kind of thing. And also sometimes because I get, if the person I like, guess a false prophet or actually not good, um, they will intentionally weave truth in to make it hard for you to know it's like wicker it's like wicker furniture weave good with bad truth with lie so that you can't tell the difference Mm. and you can though if you have the holy spirit by way of testing it and discerning and you can know like okay yeah that part might have been true but that's not Mm -hmm. something's not right here yeah well and even something that i've noticed is there are sometimes where people they get a, a prophetic dream let's say it's a dream and they give it and i'm like that was from the lord and then they get into speculation, but they don't say, I'm speculating here. They're mm-hmm. still talking as if they're giving a prophecy. And to me, it's like they're talking, but they may as well be going honk, honk, because <laughs> it's like uh, it, it starts to sound like that in my spirit where I'm yeah. like, no, dude, dude, you like, because you can also tell, because pay attention to what you feel. If you start to feel fear, that's mm-hmm. not. F- that's not from God, especially yeah. if you're if you are in proper alignment with the Lord. If you mm-hmm. fear the Lord and you're seeking Him, and all of a sudden you get a you feel fear off of a prophetic word somebody's releasing, odds are it's either false or they're in they're injecting some of their soul into into it. They're starting to use their mind, their will, and their own emotions to try and interpret this thing, and maybe yeah. So I would I would mm-hmm. say that too is a because that's something I've noticed. Hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. I like how you said the Hong Kong thing. Yeah. Because that is, that's a good way of explaining it. Like I'll be hearing someone and all of a sudden I'll be like, uh, I yeah, just <laughs> stop. Yeah. 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 The Hong Kong. Yeah. Good explanation. So, okay. Rachel, uh, we're kind of out of time. Uh, this went really fast. Um, so uh, really fast. can you, can you just pray for people? Um, I guess specifically maybe one of the things that I was feeling it, uh, just to revisit is the the people that are maybe disappointed or maybe they're they've been holding on to a word and they're just kind of like, I don't know, what's it all mean? You know, what does it all mean anymore? What's life mean anymore? Uh, but however else you feel led to pray for people would be great, too. OK, I will. But and also I do want to say that something God said to me when I was feeling depressed about the state of the country is he said, you know, my principles are true, whether you live under a capitalist or a communist regime. Wow. And and so the kingdom principles and who God is and who we are in him, that is unchanging. Mm. So regardless of what is happening around us in our families, in our, our workplaces, in our schools, our churches, our communities, our country, um, there are things that remain the same and they are unshakable. And sometimes things have to be shaken so that only that which is of him remains the unshakable things. And I think that in a way that's what we're going through right now. So, um, 
just wanted to I say that's that. really good. There are unshakable things. So, okay, let's pray. Yeah. So Lord, I just thank you so much that you are unshakable, unchangeable. You are so stable in this time when instability seems to be everywhere. Lord, I thank you that we can count on you consistently as our rock with that, that foundation under us that, that doesn't wobble. And so, Lord, I just thank you. Thank you for that. Thank you for being that for us. Thank you for just not changing, being some somebody that we can rely on when people fail us and institutions are failing us and disappointing us. Lord, I thank you that you don't fail us. And Lord, I do pray that people who are feeling discouraged right now would um, would just feel your comforting presence with them. I pray that you would just from the top of their head all the way down their body, just cause them to actually physically feel your presence with them. Even though you have said you'd never leave us or forsake us, sometimes we don't feel we don't feel you with us, and so I just pray that you would help people to feel your presence right now, that they would be comforted by your presence. And Lord, just as I had prayed for myself that I was discouraged and that I needed to see you and and know that you hadn't forgotten me, Lord, I pray that for everyone watching right now. I pray that you would show yourself to them, that you would. Give them a sign in their life that they would know was from you. Just that that comforting thing that shows them that you see them, you know them, you know their innermost dark secrets, you know their pain, you know the things they've never told anyone before, you know all of that, and you love them unconditionally. And I pray that you would show that to them and that you would. Um, just really bless every single person watching or listening to this. I pray that there would be a special blessing, including for Jeff and his staff right now. Lord, I just pray that you would show yourself to them today, today, that you would, that you would show them that you see them, that you care deeply about the details of their life. And Lord, I just pray that revival would come for California, and then for the whole country. Lord, I I do ask, and I've asked, and I'm continuing to ask that revival would come. I want to see miracles break out. I want to see people coming to you, coming to know you, coming to love you in droves. I want it to be so amazing that it's covered in the most secular of presses, because they are amazed. It's so undeniable what you are doing. And Lord, I'm asking for that. We need you. We are in pain. We are discouraged. Things are hard. Everything is costing so much and our budgets are, are being affected. And, and it's just, it's hard, Lord. And, 
And there's been times when this has happened before and, and people cried out to you and you have answered them. And so, Lord, I, I trust that that's going to happen now. I, I pray that, that as we are crying out to you, that you will pour out your spirit on us, that you will revive us, that you will heal us, that you will hear, heal our bodies, our minds, our souls, our spirits, that you will heal our broken institutions and school systems and, and all of the, the levels of government and, and the judicial system and everything, Lord, that has been so defiled. Lord, I ask that you would come through and uh, clean things out. I pray that individual people in all of those institutions would come to know you as their Lord and Savior, that they would have a a great awakening, that they would have a shift, that they would see things differently, that things would click, that, that their lives would truly change and be transformed by the reality of who you are. And Lord, we do just, we acknowledge, Jeff and I here today acknowledge that you are the one and only God. And there is no one like you. You have no rival. You have an enemy, but he isn't your equal. And Lord, we just acknowledge that you are high and lifted up in this show, in this time, in this space, in this place. And Lord, you said that if we lifted you up, the men would be drawn to you. And so Lord, we lift you up. We acknowledge that all power and might are in your hands and no one can withstand you. And if you're for us, no one can be against us. And Lord, we just acknowledge that, that you have everything we need, that you are our source, that while we can work hard and we can achieve things or, or we can have people that help us, ultimately, Lord, you are our source. And if there's food shortages, you don't run out of food. That's right. And so, Lord, we thank you ahead of time for, for preparing us, for, for taking care of our needs. Lord, I ask that for every single person that their needs would be met and that they would know that it was you that did that, especially for people who are struggling financially right now, who are scared, who are discouraged and afraid that they're not going to have enough. Lord, I thank you that in you, we always have enough. So Lord, I pray that you would show them what to do. I pray that you would lead them to the answers and solutions that they need, that you would guide them to the provision that you have for them. And Lord, if anyone's needing a miracle, I pray that you would do a miracle in their life, that you would amaze them. Lord, the way that you have amazed me over and over and over, Lord, do that for the people, amaze them, show them something that amazes them. You said that, that if we call out to you, that you, not only will you answer us, but that you'll show us your secrets. Lord, show people your secrets right now. I pray that, that you would show them something they need to know, or even just something that's amazing, something that would thrill them. And Lord, I just, I thank you for this, this show. And I thank you for Jeff and just the sweet spirit that he has. I just pray your blessing over him. I pray that you would continue to speak to him and to give him uh, creative ideas and uh, guests that should be on here. I pray that you would show him who to have on, who not to have on. Just give him that discernment, that wisdom, and, and guide him and his staff and in the process of conducting this show. I pray that this show would always honor you and that that you would lead them 
on the path of righteousness for your name's sake, that, that they would um, just, that they would fulfill the purposes for which you created them. And that this show would fulfill the purpose that, that you uh, created this show for. And Lord, I just pray specifically for any despair or hopelessness. I, I command the spirit of hopelessness and despair to leave in Jesus' name. And I do cancel all assignments of darkness to cause people to feel hopeless, despair, depression, oppression. I cancel that assignment over everyone listening and watching right now in Jesus' name. I plead the blood of Jesus over them, and I release the power of God over each person. And I, re I release the spirit of hope and joy and peace and encouragement. And Lord, you said that you came to destroy the works of the enemy and to give us life and life more abundantly and the ability to enjoy our life. And so, Lord, for each person right now, I pray that you would help them to have the ability to enjoy their life, regardless of circumstances. I, I pray that they would have the ability to enjoy their life, actually thriving and enjoying their life. I pray that that um, there would be a... a um, I feel like people are looking for their spouse. Like I pray that that you would just like bring godly people together. That that husbands and wives would be found. That that as people are are longing for mates, Lord, I pray that you would bring them uh, the right person. That would be a blessing. That would bring a godly divinement and alignment in marriage. And so I just pray for for the right spouses to come into people's lives right now, in Jesus' name. And I pray that you would keep the wrong people off of our paths and bring the right people onto our paths, that we would connect with the people you're wanting us to connect with and that um, we would not connect with people you do not want us to connect with. Mm -hmm. And Lord, I do pray that you would also increase everyone's discernment as we were talking about how deception is has increased and how important discernment is. I do pray that you would give us discernment, give us wisdom that we would know what's what and that we would be able to see past what is obvious and, and get to the heart of the matter that, that you would show us what we need to know. We just thank you, Lord, for all that you've done and all that you're going to do. There is no one like you. You are the King of Kings. You are the one and only, and we live for you alone. And it is in Jesus' name that we pray. Mm. Amen. 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 Rachel, yeah. Rachel Ham, what is, what is the Lord showing you that you can share that is next for you? What's, what's, uh, what's, what, what do you feel like you're supposed to be doing right now? Well, so when my husband, my husband had been praying for me, my, my husband is so sweet. I have an amazing godly spouse. Like I really, truly hope for every person that they find a spouse as great as, as I did. Mm -hmm. um, so my husband was praying over me and he said, Rachel, I feel like the Lord is saying that he is so pleased with the sacrifice you just made because I did not want to run for secretary. Yeah. Of <laughs> and I didn't love it. Like it was a, like a really hard, grueling, not great process. You know? yeah. And uh, it just required a lot of sacrificial obedience. I'm not trying to sound like some, some, some martyr. We all have to do things that we don't want to do. Right. But mm -hmm. it was hard and it cost a lot. And my husband was saying, I feel like God is saying, like, you've paid a high price to obey. And so right now I'm saying, what do you want to do? Mm. Like, and then he said, specically and it sounds like i'm bragging to say that, that that's, no you're good you're good and everyone, space. <laughs> yeah hopefully everyone here can sense my heart in that but yeah. um 
um, he said, he feels like he wants you to know that he trusts you. Mm-hmm. And so what, what do you want to do next? Cause he trusts that you'll glorify him in whatever you do. And so there was an open handed offer of what do you want? So I've had a series of things, you know, present themselves a series of options and I'm weighing them out right now. Actually, um, the America project, general Flynn and Patrick Byrne run the America project and they have asked, they're flying me out um, to Florida to meet with them to propose a partnership. And I don't know what that is. I don't know mm. what, what that is. So I've kind of been waiting for that meeting to see what they propose. And so that I kind of know what all my options are. And I love doing my show. I think that's probably my favorite thing to do is to, to hop on and talk with people like you. And mm. so I, I'm leaning towards that, towards wanting to increase the quality of my show and kind of do some of the things like that you guys have done go a little bit more uh, with like actually maybe having some production involved, not just mm-hmm. you know, like a zoom meeting or whatever. So, yeah. so I'm thinking about that's, that's what I'm leaning towards, but I'm waiting for that meeting with Flynn and burn to see what that option is. And I'm yeah. certainly honored that they're interested in even partnering Absolutely. with me. So, yeah. so we'll see. I don't know. Yeah, that's exciting. But so you, the main home of the Rachel Ham show is is going to be primarily on Rumble, correct? Yeah, well, yeah. So I'm I, Rachel Ham show on YouTube. It has been established fairly well established. But I have asked everyone to please go subscribe on Rumble to the Rachel Ham mm-hmm. show because, you know, YouTube is yeah. being so, so stupid. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they're just censoring and I keep yeah. getting kept getting strikes and like I would get a strike for something that I did like a year ago. I'm like, yeah. what? Oh, yeah. for that. Yeah. Elijah's dreams has run into many of those issues too. So, yeah. So yeah, I am really asking everybody to please go subscribe on rumble. That's a place where free speech is still allowed. Mm-hmm. And I really want to be free to say whatever we are supposed to say. So, mm-hmm. so yeah, the Rachel Ham show on YouTube and rumble. And I'm looking at maybe even doing other stuff too, like, like Apple podcast and oh, cool. Uh, a frank speech and like kind of looking to expand to as many platforms as possible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But right but, now rumble on YouTube. Yeah. It sounds like a lot of exciting, cool potential uh, things, but I'm excited. I really like your show. I, I I'm always excited to see a new episode and watch it when I can. I'm busy. I'm, I'm usually doing a lot of different things. So when I get an opportunity, I always pop in. So it's cool Thank to you. See, see you doing, uh, I've watched both of your videos that you've released the past since last week or whenever so thank you jeff yeah you're sweet thanks for the encouragement yeah so everybody uh there may have been things you may have been frustrated that i did not ask um about her chronicling her time uh running for uh uh, running for secretary of state however fret ye not she released an update last week that we're going to put a link in the description to that video so you can go watch it she sits down with her son ethan right ethan Mm -hmm. yeah and they they detail because he was heavily involved in in your run as well, driving you around places, all that stuff. Yeah. Sort of your kind of a, a campaign manager. I mean, you kind of did that yourself too, a little bit managing your own campaign and stuff. But uh, yeah. he was sounds like he was a big asset to your team of two or three people. Uh, yeah, so that's amazing. Totally. Yeah, yeah, it was a, such a blessing to do that with my son. Yeah, I, I love young adults, and mm-hmm. I always have like, and so it's so fun to have my sons be in that stage of life now. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. I so, love millennials too. I know your, your show is really geared towards millennials. I love millennials. Yeah. Millennials. Yeah. Me too. Yeah. 
so much so that I'm married one. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, everybody, you can check out that video. It's about an hour and 14 minutes, somewhere around there. Um, go check that out. That's going to, she's going to really get into a lot, a lot more details about that stuff. So it's really worth your time. Um, and, uh, go subscribe to her rumble and her YouTube. So just in case one gets, you know, canned, it's going to be YouTube that would get canned. If any, any of them were, uh, then you, you never miss a moment with Rachel ham and the Rachel ham show. So, uh, are you also on, uh, any social media platforms like Facebook and stuff like that? Yeah, I am on my main social media that I pay the most attention to is Instagram. Yeah, it's better. And so, yeah, I am the Rachel Ham on Instagram, yeah. and I'm also the Rachel Ham on Truth Social and Getter, and um, I have a Facebook campaign page. But I so what I do is I post on Instagram, and then it's links linked to my campaign page on Facebook, which is Rachel Ham for Secretary of State. Mm -hmm. um, and so I'm going to have to change that name of that page, but. Um, what I post on Instagram is automatically posted then on Facebook, mm -hmm. but I don't go on to Facebook and manage it. So if people are like looking for interaction, Instagram is where I interact. Yeah. And um, and then Twitter, Rachel Ham SOS, although Twitter just makes me so mad <laughs> all the yeah. time. They they kicked Jordan Peterson off. I know. Well, yeah. I'm like, what the what's up with that? I don't know what's gonna happen, but it just whenever they kick someone off, it just makes me so mad. Yeah ridiculous so but so i technically do have a twitter but i'm mad at them me too oh, that's why i don't have one because yeah I, you know i set one up only because of campaigning otherwise i didn't yeah have that, i mean it makes sense it absolutely makes sense so yeah. Yeah, i got so. kicked off the same day trump got kicked off actually I, well I, I mean at least you can say that you know yeah <laughs> yeah yeah it's an honor so yeah so rachel thank you so much this was awesome Thank you, Jeff. I love being on with you. I appreciate you. I love your spirit. It just blesses me. I love talking to you and I'd love to talk any other time. Oh, awesome. Sweet. Well, we'll make something happen. And I have more time now. So. We'll not wait until like six or seven months after this episode to do it again. So sounds great. So, okay, everybody uh, have a blessed Wednesday and join us on Friday. We're going to be doing it at a slightly different time because we've got Mandy Woodhouse. She lives in Australia. Uh, and she is going to be on at 3 p.m. Pacific time instead of 2 p.m. Pacific time. So that's 3 p.m. Pacific time if you're on the West Coast, obviously. And 6 p.m. Friday night for some of you on the East Coast. So we'll see you guys then. Uh, it's going to be fantastic. So be blessed, you guys. And we will see you on Friday. This has been Elijah Fire. Thanks for listening. For more episodes like this, you can check out the Elijah Fire podcast on ElijahFire.com, on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can watch us live every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at 2 p.m. Pacific time on YouTube, Twitch, and Facebook. Elijah Fire is presented by Elijah Streams and is part of Elijah List Ministries. Click the link in the description for more info on how you can donate today.